104, The Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Tashawn Reed, who covers the Las Vegas Raiders for The Athletic, about the upcoming 2021 Las Vegas Raiders season. And they plan to play in front of some fans, but those fans are going to have to be vaccinated. We can also talk about the quarterback situation, the safety of John Gruden's job, and what the Raiders plan to do on defense and with the offensive line. All things we can talk about with Tashawn Reed, who joins me next. Today is Monday, August 23rd. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Deshaun Reed, who covers the Las Vegas Raiders for The Athletic. Deshaun, what's going on, man? Welcome back for another season of Raider football. How are you doing? Good, man. Out here sweating it out in the Las Vegas sun every day at training camp, but glad to be back to it. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. Good to have you, man. And uh, I guess I want to start with the defensive side of the football, man. And we'll do a little preview here, just outlook on the Raiders 2021 season. We'll get into some of the coaching stuff in just a few minutes. But as far as the outlook on the defense goes, you know, covering the 49ers a lot here in San Francisco, uh, it's been interesting over the last couple of weeks to hear Arden Key and Maurice Hurst talk about the changes that were made, that they were actually looking to get out of that system. How is, has any of that been received within the Raiders organization? And then conversely, guys like Cleveland Farrell, Carl Nassib, how have some of these changes worked out and some of these um, defensive assets that the Raiders have how's their growth been over the last year into what we're seeing in training camp now yeah I don't I don't think the Raiders are, are too concerned with you know some of the, the comments that have been <laughs> made by some of the, the former players especially considering you know guys like Marcus Joyner and throwing them in there as well they moved on and uh, with them making the big change of defense coordinator this offseason you know they fired Paul Gunter during last season and then made the decision to replace him with with Gus Bradley this offseason. So they've been going through the process of, of, of switching schemes. Last year, they, they ran more of a cover six defense. Now they're switching to a cover three defense. It's it's more simple. It's a little bit easier to pick up. On the flip side, it's a little bit easier for offenses to read. But, you know, in, in theory, it'll allow their players to do less thinking and, and more reacting and kind of instinctually making plays out there on defense. So, you know, that's the goal anyway for when games start counting. And, you know, some of the guys that they have coming back, we've actually seen them take lesser roles. You know, even some guys that were drafted high, you know, Cleveland Farrell, for example, he's been, you know, a backup, you know, pretty much exclusively throughout camp at training at defensive end. And Damon Arnett as well, he's, he's mostly been at backup cornerback. You know, that surprised some folks when it started happening at the, at the beginning of camp. But, you know, with some of the additions that they made, bringing in Yannick Ngakwe at defensive end and uh, signing Casey Hayward at cornerback and, they really set out through the draft this year. You can see it was really a point of emphasis to add depth at all three levels of the defense, uh, you know, drafting safety Trayvon Morrig and then uh, even Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the pass rusher. He, he's more of a rotational guy. But, you know, it was very apparent that last year they believed they didn't have enough productive depth and, and reliable depth as the season went on to really hold up, you know, along with you know, some of the errors and, and things like that and improvement that was needed from the starters. And so, they're really banking on both having growth from some of their younger players like Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, Max Crosby, et cetera. But also even with their backups, you know, have, having a, especially up front, you know, I think with this system with Bradley, he really relies on the front four to get home without blitz help pretty often. And you, know, you can't just rely on the starters for that. You know, the guys are going to get worn down as the game goes on. So your, your next line, you know, your backup line has to be able to create some pressure and, and havoc in the backfield as well. And so, you know, every team feels confident, you know, about their prospects during training camp, I would say, but they get off to a good start so far this preseason and we'll see how it looks once the season rolls around. 
Yeah, I think the same. Everything you just said there about the defense, uh, as far as you know, needing backup guys, needing young guys to develop. I think that can be said about the offensive line too. You fight in the trenches like that, guys are going to get banged up. You're going to have tweaks. You're going to have injuries. Moments where guys have to come out, maybe extended leaves of absences. So we'll ask about Alex Leatherwood here, first rounder out of Alabama, playing tackle. He made his debut against the Seahawks in, in their first game at Allegiant Stadium in front of some fans. How did his debut go? And what do you think of Alex Leatherwood? And what do you know about him uh, from the the start of camp through what we've seen in the first couple of weeks? Yeah, so he was only out there for for about a quarter. The starters were very limited on both sides in that game, but you know he looked fine. weren't weren't any you know glaring mistakes. Uh, you know he, he made a nice block on on a touchdown run early there in the first quarter. You know pretty much throughout camp he's he's been a very steady guy. You know he he, he doesn't really have these wild swings from practice to practice. Uh, he's pretty consistent. You know I mean offensive line play is a little bit tough to to gauge that in practices just because you know unless you're in full pads and really have a live rush, you know, the, the guys obviously, you know, it still takes some skill and effort to, to stay in front of the defenders, but it's not quite the same as a game. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, good for the Raiders to see him be able to do the same thing in an actual game, you know, albeit against backups. But again, you know, at this point for Ricky, every rep matters. And so, you know, coming out of Alabama, you know, most people didn't have him pegged as a, as a first round pick, I don't think. And you know, as we've seen in recent years with the Raiders, you know, they've, they've kind of been going against the grain with their their first round selections. And so, but nobody cares about that if it works out, right? You know, and, and the reason why they've been criticized is, you know, some of the guys like, you know, Damon Arnett and Clee and uh, even Henry Ruggs last year, you know, they didn't seem to live up to that value. And so, you know, if Alex Leatherwood is, you know, locking things down out there as a, as a you know, run blocking right tackle who also holds up in pass coverage, I don't think anybody will care, you know, that, that most people consider him to be a second round prospect. But you know, we won't really see that until the real games are here. I think that's the concern is, is you make draft picks that, you know, maybe you reach a little bit and they don't totally work out. And I think that's been a little bit of criticism of John Gruden since he came back as the head coach in 2018, eight and eight last year, seven and nine the year before. What has to happen this year? I mean, is he bulletproof right now? I mean, everybody knows it's this big, long contract, a record deal in the NFL from when he comes over. If they come out and they have some seven and 10 season or something like that, is he on the hot seat at all or is he totally bulletproof right now? Nah, he's pretty bulletproof. I mean, just from the length of his deal, the amount of money involved, like they couldn't really afford to move on from Gruden after this year, really. I, I don't think you had to take something not football related for that to happen, I think. So I, I feel like he's fine. You know, there may be change elsewhere within the organization. Um, obviously, you know, general manager Mike Mayock, even though he has that title, you know, Gruden is essentially the, the GM and you know, Mayock may not have as much, you know, leeway as Gruden does in terms of obviously not having that kind of a contract and, you know, with Gruden calling the shots, you know, maybe he feels like, you know, maybe he'll have to make a move there, you know, especially with some of their draft history. He has a, a pretty big part in that that area. Derek Carr, uh, this is his second to last, you know, year on his contract and he has a, a year to year deal anyway, with not much guaranteed money left on his deal. And so maybe it's a, a change at quarterback. So I definitely think if they have another lackluster or significantly uh, if they step back, you know, significantly this year, some changes will be made, but I just don't see it being Gruden's job at this point. Good spot to jump off with the quarterback position with uh, with Derek Carr. He's improved yardage-wise and yards per average uh, completion. In every year that he's been under John Gruden, he threw for 4,100 yards last year, 67% completion percentage in uh, in 16 games. We did see some flashes from Marcus Mariota. How big is the discrepancy? I know he's, he's nursing an injury right now, but how big do you think the discrepancy is between Derek Carr and Mariota? And if you had to peg like some odds on it, would we see Marcus Mariota as a starter at any point this year? No. No, definitely not. I know that was a big thing last offseason, but that, that ship is, has long sailed. It's, you know, Derek Carr's job is his team. 
know, he played like a fringe top 10 quarterback last season. And so barring injury, uh, he won't be not starting games this year. You know, I think they'll get Mariota more involved in perhaps some more uh, zone read, run pass option sort of, you know, kind of gadget plays, I guess you could call them, you know, whether it's in the red zone or uh, short yardage situations. We'll, we'll probably see more of that. You know, but that really depends on if Mariota's healthy. I mean, he hasn't been healthy for a few years now. Last year, he missed most of the season with, with injuries. And this year, you know, he missed the first preseason game with, with a leg injury. And, you know, he, he's been beat up for a few years. And so especially, you know, if you want his primary responsibility to be running the ball, I, I don't know really how, how useful he'll be with that. Even as the season goes on, we have to see him be able to, you know, kind of do better from a health standpoint, really to get him more involved in the offense. But in terms of the starting job, no, that's, that's not a question at this point. A lot of teams are doing that now, uh, bringing in the second quarterback for zone reads and, and run pass option stuff. I know Kyle Shanahan said he's looking at that with Trey Lance and the 49ers as well, that, that he may get him in there to give some versatility uh, to the offense. You're in Vegas, man. Everything is about county and city and state regulations, and obviously COVID is still a factor as we head into the 2021 season, and the Raiders become the first team following the 100% vaccination announcement from the Atlanta Falcons that they're going to mandate that fans be vaccinated in the stadium. If they're going to show up to Allegiant for games this year. Raider fans were upset about it just what do you make of this have you had an opportunity to talk to anybody about this what went into this decision and what do we think the fallout is going to look like and how are the Raiders going to go about this the Saints said announced previously that they were also going to require vaccinations but the difference with the Raiders was uh they'll allow the the vax the fully vaccinated fans to take off their masks essentially in in the stadium like it won't be mandated for them to do that which actually differs from Nevada in general there's a mandate right now that you have to wear a mask in, in public places so I guess Allegiant Stadium will be different from everywhere else. But uh, yeah, they'll also uh, allow, you know, partially vaccinated fans to attend games as well. They just have to wear masks um, and then and they'll be providing an option to get vaccinated at the game. So if you pull up, and you don't have one, you can get a shot and go in you know, as long as you're still wearing your mask. Uh, so they'll be using this app called Clear. Um, basically, um, from what I've gathered, you upload essentially a picture or proof of your vaccination card and photo ID to prove that that's you, you know, and then it sort of gives you a pass on your phone that you can use to get into the stadium. So there's still some details that like are a little bit murky, but we'll, we'll see as we go. But, but essentially, like if you're not vaccinated or halfway vaccinated or have some sort of vaccine in your body, you're not getting into a Raiders game this year. This isn't new either. I mean, the Raiders will be the first in the NFL to require this, but the San Francisco Giants earlier this year did that when they opened their stadium. They were mandating vaccinations or proof of a negative test. Uh, the Golden State Warriors did this in their indoor arena at the end of last season as well with the same thing, the clear app, having to update your your proof of a negative test or a vaccination and, uh, and a photo ID. So none of this is totally new to the sports world. One more thought from you, I guess, on, on Allegiant Stadium. You were out there for week one of the preseason, right? The first time fans were in attendance for a football game there. How did that go, man? What was that like? Yeah, it was definitely different from last year. I mean, I, I went to you know a couple of scrimmages and all the home games last year, and it was just really awkward just having this big stadium, new stadium, shiny, everything fancy looking, and it's just completely empty. <laughs> you know, they have these <laughs> these crazy games, you know, like the Chiefs game last year where they almost right, beat them, right. and it's just silent. You know, no, nobody's reacting to anything. And, you know, then we get out here for a preseason game with the third-string quarterback taking every snap, and there's 50,000 people, and they're going crazy for everything that happens. So, <laughs> Uh, it's definitely you know good to see people gathered together, especially in Vegas. I mean, it, you know they hadn't done anything really in front of fans um, outside of a, a practice, you know, since relocating to the city. So it's really that they're, they're kind of welcoming uh, after relocating from Oakland. So that was cool to see. You know, it, it still does make me a little bit nervous when I see these mass crowds of people. Uh, but I do think you know with them 
having this new mandate that you have to be vaccinated, I'll, I'll feel a little bit better about it, <laughs> you know, once, once the season rolls around. But it was crazy in there, man, especially for a preseason game. It, it definitely didn't feel like, you know, I was watching the third and fourth string offense and defense out there. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, 20 years from now, that'll be the trivia question. When fans first step into Allegiant Stadium, who is the quarterback? Nathan <laughs> That's your guy, right? Not not Derek Carr, not Mariota, not Kenny Stabler. It was Nate Peterman, dude. So, hey, Tashawn, I appreciate the time today, man. We'll catch up with you again later this season. Always appreciate the coverage. And uh, enjoy the rest of the preseason and, uh, and the start of the regular season. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Always good stuff talking to Tashawn. And, yeah, the Raiders will be up here this weekend at Levi Stadium taking on the 49ers in week three of the preseason. Haven't seen one of those in a while. And it'll be the first time the Raiders have come to Levi Stadium since moving to Las Vegas and becoming the Las Vegas Raiders. Should be a fun one as they wrap up the preseason this week and get ready for week one next week as the 49ers cruise out to Detroit to take on kneecaps Dan Campbell and the new-look Detroit Lions. Thank you to Tashawn. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We love bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. Later this week, we'll get ready for the final week of the preseason with your 49ers. We could also talk some San Francisco Giants baseball, some Oakland A's baseball as we inch closer and closer to the postseason. Also, about a month away, month and a half away from Warrior basketball. Everything is ramping up here in the Bay Area. Things are opening up and sports are back. Everybody enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Mm-hmm.